Welcome to the Beverly Hills Plastic Surgery Podcast. I'm Dr. Jay Calvert. Today, we are going to explore very much how much is too much when it comes to surgery. With me, Dr. Millicent Ravello. As always, how are you? Always a pleasure. Good. How are you? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm doing all right. All right, good. That's that's important because that's really the key to this podcast, isn't it? It is. How good are you? That's right because a lot of people want to do a lot of surgery at one time if they can. Yes. But everybody wants it to be safe. Yes, and that is the key. How much is too much? Um, and there is a limit, and it has a lot of variables, and it's very dependent. So let's go through that, because I think it's a pretty common question. You know, you have patients that come in, classic mommy makeover, right? Everyone's like, well, what's a mommy makeover? Mommy makeover is really anything you want it to be, but usually it's for the postpartum mom who's had a couple babies, has breastfed, and has seen the changes of pregnancy and breastfeeding on their body. So usually it's some kind of breast and tummy combination. It can be breast, tummy, labiaplasty. It could be breast and liposuction. It can be any number of things. There's no set menu per se for that. But really, because it, it sounded like a combo number five to me. <laughs> Sometimes it's combo number seven. Right. You know, it's like, choose your flavor. That's right. But it's some set combination of procedures done to rejuvenate the post-mommy body. Definitely. And so that's sort of the most common things that we see. And those patients typically come in with a very set idea of what they want. I want my breast done. I want my tummy done. I need this. I need that. But... How, How long are those operations, Dr. Ravello? Those are long operations. Those are eight-hour operations. They're all-day suckers. And I think the name of the procedure is misleading because it's so cute, right? It's like it's a mommy makeover. It's like a spa day. Like it's, you know, girls' day. Mommy makeover. So cute. No, it's and then you come surgery. in <laughs> and you get told how long the surgery is going to be. And more importantly, you get handed the price quote. And all of a sudden, it it's not cheap. so cute anymore. No, that's right. And you know, I've had it's, a couple of girlfriends across this, the country like call me and be like, is that really how much this costs? I'm like, girl, you're getting like two plus, three plus procedures. Yes, it's expensive. Oh, no, it's about to get real in the Roxbury <laughs> Clinic and Surgery Center with those price quotes. Yes, yeah, so it, it's not cheap, but that, that's not the point. The point is you can combine surgeries. And so sometimes patients come in and, and they say, that I want a mommy makeover, this is what I want. But more frequently what I get is they come in for a tummy tuck and we talk through it and like, okay, that sounds good, that's what I want. Oh, by the way, <laughs> hey, while doc. you're there, oh, hey, doc. <laughs> that's what I call that. Can we do this? And so then we go through that. Okay, well, what about this? Okay, what about this? And then that's when we have to get to the topic of like, okay, slow your roll. How much is too much? Yeah, and that's, so it depends where you're operating, number one. Yes. It depends on whom you're operating on. And it yes. depends on what the procedures are in terms of the potential risks that you're dealing with. And I will tell you that time, to me, to me, is the biggest factor. The a amount of time. 100%. It's time in the OR. Right. I think that once the procedure's at seven and eight hours, you're done. Like, I, I think it's just, that's where the complication profile for things like pulmonary, pulmon, pul easy for me to say, mm -hmm. pulmonary embolism mm -hmm. and infection start to go up really rapidly it, it's yeah. it's a curve that all of a sudden it's like you know and there it is yeah that's not to say that if you have a surgery that's over eight hours you're going to have an infection it's not it's not that no, cut but and dry risks go but up. the risk of having a complication does go up because the longer you're under anesthesia 
the more exposed you are, especially if it's a big body case and you're doing multiple body parts, your body gets cold. And, you, and it's weird to think that your body can get that cold from just being in an OR, but those ORs are usually set to like 65, 66 yeah. degrees. I'm cold and I'm wearing gowns and gloves. I don't know why these ORs have to be so cold. That's a hospital thing. But even though we try and temperature regulate the patients, we put warm bear hugger, which is like these warming blankets on them. If you have large areas of your skin naked and exposed for eight hours, your body temperature is going to drop. And when your body temperature drops, that is when you have problems with infections, with wound healing, with systemic issues such as bleeding, because your body needs to stay at a certain core temperature. So right. and you also have the, the ability to of your of your cellular <laughs> immune system starts to not be as functional. So right. that's why I'm telling you, I'm all about... You got to you, you know, you have to know how long these things take you as a surgeon. Yeah. You know how long a, a augmastopexy takes you. I know how long it takes me. Right. I I know how long a, a revision rhinoplasty takes me, you know, versus doing a primary rhino. Like I know those things. And as a surgeon, you have to be realistic with yourself right. about how long these things take because you want to provide total safety profiles that are sensible and reasonable for your patients for aesthetic surgery. Right. You don't want to be risking their lives over, you know, oh, we got to get all this done in one shot. You know, I don't have any time to heal. I've, I've only got these yeah. two weeks. Too bad. You got to keep it safe. And I, I am with you 100% and that it's time on the OR, in the OR. Um, my cutoff is about probably eight, nine hours is where I'm like, okay, after that, it's it's too much. We got we to gotta change up something here. So that is what I base my you know, cut off factor on patients start going, oh, hey, what about this? And yeah. what about that? Um, the other thing that comes into play is what areas of the body are you working on? So if someone comes in and says, I want bilateral arm lifts and bilateral thigh lifts, well, that just took out four out of your four extremities. Like you need something <laughs> that right. functions on you or even a tummy tuck with an arm lift. Well, how are you going to get out of bed? How are you going to get out of a chair when you have no core and no arms? So these are things that like you have to sort of think about what is your recovery going to be like if you choose to combine certain kinds of procedures. So it's the type of procedures it's the length of time in the OR. And then probably very importantly, it's the health of the patient. Yeah. I mean, that's why we get pre-op clearances on anybody that's basically over 40. We're sending them for... Yep. I get them on my 18. I get them on everyone. I just don't... Yeah. I mean, it's good I because you've know, you got to check for check if they have any problems, You know, see if they've got heart problems or whatever. Right. You want some other set of eyes other than your own. We are plastic surgeons. We, we do are not, not sit medical there. doctors. No, we're not. And we, we pretend we, we pretend a lot like we are, like we know what we're talking about. Because we do. We are well, doctors. We do know, but it's not our it's focus. It's not what we do every day. If people could understand like how like focused, it, it's the difference between you know, somebody that, that flies a Cessna, you know, a small little single prop engine versus somebody who flies an F-16. You know, if you fly the F-16 all the time, the Cessna is all of a sudden like seems pretty simple, but you know, you're not flying it all the time. So if there's a problem, you might have an issue. Yeah. But if you fly the F-16 all the time, then, you know, you're, you're good to go with that. So you have to understand that your, your wheelhouse is your wheelhouse and somebody else has to do something Absolutely. else. Absolutely. So we get other eyes on our patients 
that really help us in a tremendous way. And they see things that we aren't we necessarily missed. looking for. Yeah. We're just not, yeah. we're not. Who knew? Who knew that was there? I, I don't know the latest yeah. antihypertensive medications, the latest ARB or what, you yeah. know, I don't. And I, and I'm not the guy to be like, oh, you should be on this one or that yeah. one. Yeah. I don't know if your hypertension is controlled. I don't check your blood pressure when you come to my office. Yeah. So things like that. Um, and then, you know, that's because the, the issue is the more unhealthy you are, the more limited your surgeries are going to be. If you're someone with a known um, history of having heart attacks or strokes, or if you're on, you know, a lot of blood pressure medications, or if you're a diabetic, I'm going to be a lot more hesitant about doing big major surgeries with long OR times because the longer you're under anesthesia, the longer your risk of anesthesia complications, such as heart attack and strokes. Yeah. So if that's something that you're prone to, then I'm, I'm going to limit what I do. Definitely. And you're, and, and it's, it's fine. You just have to kind of say, okay, I get it. And you don't want to put yourself in a situation that you're, you're taking unnecessary risk for aesthetics. It doesn't or, make sense. Or for convenience, for post-op yeah, convenience. it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense. No. And probably one of the most common things that I get, questions for that, um, with regards to just surgery in general is, am I too old for surgery? I had a patient today that I saw who was very much an oh, by the way, and an oh, while you're there. And she started asking, well, how long is this going to take? And I was like, mm, six, seven, eight hours. But I was okay with that in her. And she said, oh, is that safe? I'm 62 years old. Looking at her medical history, no medical problems, not on any medications, healthy as a fiddle, normal BMI. And I said, yes, we actually know that age is not necessarily on its own. Nope. A, a factor in your complication profile provided you're healthy because you can be a very healthy 62-year-old who will do much better than an incredibly unhealthy 40-year-old. Maybe the 40-year-old's overweight or has diabetes or a high blood pressure. There are other variables that are important and age by itself is not a contraindication to having procedures. So let me ask you a scenario mm -hmm. that just came up for me, and I want to get your opinion on this because I think it'd be kind of cool to hear. I have a patient who is coming for augmastopexy revision, she has implants in, uh, and then having basically liposuction of arms, back, bra fat, abdomen, thighs, like the whole deal. Mm -hmm. Full body lipo. Right. And the question from... Her physician is, is it safer to do it in two operations? She's 36 years old with absolutely no medical problems. Healthy as they come. Works out all the time. In good shape. Just a little bit, you know, wants to contour things. Yeah. So the question is, should I do the breast separate from the lipo? In someone like that, it comes down to time in the OR and how much... Uh, fat you're going to be removing and someone that's a pretty normal weight just has a few areas she wants to contour probably 4,000 cc's 5,000 cc's max but maybe not even that much yeah that that's fine you know if you can do all of that under your kind of 7-8 hour limit I sh she'll be fine will she be in a world of pain <laughs> yes <laughs> Here, but here's the here's the very distinct question is is it safer to break it into two is it safer and, and I, I, I don't know this is, I want to know what you think. I don't is it know, safer? I don't think that it is because, you know, where are you going to see the, the the risk come in after um It's going to take me six hours to do that operation. Yeah. So you break it up in two 
And now you have two intubations. Now you have two extubations. This is this is where the scary part of anesthesia comes. Anesthesias, anesthesiologists like to say our job is 95% boring and 5% sheer terror. And that sheer terror usually comes when they're trying to intubate or extubate. So if you're otherwise healthy and you can tolerate from a physiologic standpoint six hours of surgery, it makes sense to just have one intubation and extubation. That's, and, and by the way, that's what I said. Yeah. I said I cannot draw on any particular data point no. that would tell me that you should break this into two Not, because it's safer. No, I don't think that at all. I think in a healthy patient, we I, there is data that says surgery of at least up to six hours is perfectly safe in terms of right. your anesthesia complications. And, and I, I drew on your point exactly that two intubations versus one for the, the same risk profile. Why would you not just do it at Why once? Why would you do one? And then, of course, the, the question that we mentioned briefly here is convenience, right? If you're taking the time off from work and you're already putting yourself under a you know, set time of recovery, it makes sense if you know there's multiple areas that you want to address and you have the financial means to do it all. Then, yeah, of course, combining everything makes sense because it's one recovery. It's one time off from work. So that's where I think combining surgeries makes sense. If you want to combine them to save yourself the recovery and your time off from work and it's safe to do so and you're a healthy person and it's not going to take, you know, 12, 13 hours, then combining surgery is safe. Yeah, and, and I, I agree. I mean, you have to just think it through. The only thing that I did say about doing multiple procedures versus splitting into two is that it would be easier recovery to do yes. the breasts. Sure. And then do the lipo, probably by a week on each side. But now you have two kind of recoveries. Right. So it's like, you know, I, I really try to break it down for my patients when they ask me those questions. And I really want to think it through because, you know, you don't want to just kind of willy-nilly say, oh, now just do it all together. Well, maybe you shouldn't do it all together. Maybe you should break it down. Maybe if you have diabetes and you're not that healthy, that maybe you should you, do maybe too. Maybe you should. Yeah, you know, because exactly. that, that prolonged procedure could put you it at is, higher risk. It is a problem. And the other thing you have to factor in when you are looking at full body procedures like that, where you're working all over the body, um, is how are they going to recover? Because we really, really need our patients to get up and move after surgery. Because totally. Because moving diminishes your chance of having blood clots and diminishes your chance of getting complications from pneumonia and breathing issues. Getting up and moving after surgery is so important that that is why we send our patients to aftercares. It's why we ask them to spend the extra money because we know that if they go somewhere for that first night after surgery, there will be nurses that will make them get up and walk with them because walking is so important. But if you are in a world of hurt and you don't want to get up and move, well, that's not helpful either. Yeah. No, I mean, that, that's why you have to gauge your patient and really try to custom tailor the, yeah. the treatment plan for every, every patient. There's no set moves for anybody. It, it really is a discussion and an exploration every time we do a consultation about what's going to be best for this person. Right. Agreed. Well, I think we kind of nailed it. You have anything more on that, Dr. Ravello? No, that's it. Well, then this is the Beverly Hills Plastic Surgery Podcast coming to you from the 90210. Thanks for listening to the Beverly Hills Plastic Surgery Podcast. If you want to reach Dr. Ravello or myself, we're available for consultations. We can also be reached through the websites. Dr. Ravello, what's your website? 
My website is rovelloplasticsurgery.com. And the phone number to reach us here in the office is 310-954-1355. And I do want to mention Rock Spa, which is the sponsor, truly the financial backer of this podcast. And Rock Spa is the Medi Spa that's located both in Newport Beach and Beverly Hills, providing Botox, fillers, lasers, microneedling, esthetician services like hydrofacials. We have incredible people. They do great stuff. And I highly recommend taking a look at the websites, rockspawnewportbeach.com or rockspawbeverlyhills.com. All the information is also on my website, drcalvert.com.